It's up to you. What do we do? What do we do? Well, it's up to you. You know, it ain't that funny. You contribute all my money. You make your contribution, then you get your solution. As long as you can pay, I'm going to do it all your way. Yes, the money talks and the people walk. Yeah. Now let me hear you say it. Big money. Big money. Big money. Big money. Big money. Big money. Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hey! Normally, this is a show where each week, Ashley and I, we would talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, but since most theaters are closed due to the pandemic and studios aren't really releasing anything new, we're going to be talking about what we've been watching here at home. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about two satirical dramas that both feel uh, even more prescient today than they did back when they were released. The first is 1976's Network, directed by Sidney Lumet and starring Peter Finch and Faye Dunaway. The second is 1998's Bullworth, starring Warren Beatty and Halle Berry. Beyond uh, both of these being you know, quasi-political and media satires, they both feature protagonists who use their platform to speak truth to power. And uh, spoiler alert... In both films, it ends up costing them their lives. Yeah, uh, not, I mean... <laughs> things don't work out yeah. for these guys. So first, let's talk about network. The IMDb plot summary reads, A television network cynically exploits a deranged former anchor's ravings and revelations about the news media for its own profit. This movie has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was nominated for 10 Academy Awards, and it won four, including uh, Best Actor and Actress, and for Best Screenplay for Patty Chayefsky. It lost Best Picture to Rocky that year. Yeah. Okay. It was also nominated against Taxi Driver, so that's that's a pretty good lineup of films. Yeah, that's a good... So, I mean, you've got three classics right there, yeah. and I, I love Rocky. I mean, Rocky's a great film. Yeah. I mean, you can't knock it, uh, but I th- feel like Taxi Driver... Should have gotten is it. the clear. Yeah, that's the clear. What I yeah, I would go like Taxi Driver, <laughs> Network, and then Rocky. <laughs> but those are, I mean, three classic films. And you, you hadn't seen uh, either of these. I hadn't. No. Okay. I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of original screenplays and and you know whatnot. So. Well, I think when I told you we were going to be watching something from the '70s, you kind of like groaned. I know. I then, then I think you got into it. I got into it. Yeah. It's it's hard not to. I mean, the writing is incredible i mean it won an oscar for that and uh, and the performances particularly from peter finch he's given a performance uh, unlike anything you'll see you know this is even if people haven't seen this they're probably familiar with like the meme I'm mad as hell as i'm not going to take it anymore yeah. so i want you to get up now i want all of you to get up out of your chairs I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! He screams it like 50 times in a row in one Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, over and over. It's uh, good. And so right at the top of this film, we're, we're watching a live broadcast with news anchor Howard Beale. Uh, that's who Peter Finch plays. And because he's recently been informed uh, that he's going to be fired due to bad ratings, he announces on air that he's going to kill himself on next week's broadcast. That happens like uh, opening moments of this film. Yeah. So the network wants to kind of fire him right away, (laughs) but uh, they decide to give him one last broadcast so he can kind of give like a dignified farewell. And instead he goes on like a a ranting tirade (laughs) claiming that life is bullshit. Yeah. 
And that earns him like a little following. And then after that, his ratings start to go up and he's branded the mad prophet of the airwaves. Yep. Is what they call him. And uh, yeah, the network, it's it's headed up. You got you got Robert Duvall in here. You got Faye Dunaway and you have William Holden. I'm surprised that Faye Dunaway, I mean, I, I liked her character. I'm just surprised in the 70s that they had a woman having that much power. Pretty cool. I, I mean, it, it is really cool. Yeah. You know, portraying a woman in a powerful... H- high power. Position. Yeah, mostly male-dominated situation. And, I mean, she is ultra-ambitious in this. They, they, I think they made her <laughs> too much as a man. What I mean by that is just, you know, emotions. There's no warmth. There's no warmth. There's no emotions. Her emotions are completely cut off. Are you saying you uh, She's doing everything she can just to get up on, you know, on the top ladder. And that includes sleeping with people. Are you saying women, women can't do this? Or don't no, do this ever? I'm just, say- I'm just saying I would have liked a little bit more. A little bit more humanity. Well, just I mean, a, little, is- a little bit more, you know, being feminine. I mean, f- women don't have to be that way to get their points and their ideas across and, and be successful. Right. That, that is why women come into a workplace is to share different ideas, different approaches, different ways of doing things. That's when you have other women on the team. She's really the only woman. She is. And she is, I mean, she talks like a man. She, she walks she hold, like a man. She holds her own. I think She's she intimidates no the men around yeah. her. Yeah. It's uh, and she she has an affair with William Holden, who's really good in this. I mean, William Holden, uh, I mean, great actor going back to the golden age of Hollywood. And he's this is one of his last roles. He's I mean, he's looking pretty old in this. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cracks about how old he is. He's called like the old man, but he's he's good in this. I mean, this is a good this is a good performance. So he's the producer of the network, which Howard Beale he was just a regular newsman. And then he yeah. was being told that his ratings were going down and this would be his last season and his last episode. And, and then this is when he goes off the deep end. Yeah. There's, there's a great scene. I'm just yeah. remembering the whole, like, I'm mad as hell scene. Like, we see people watching that at home. Yeah. And it's like, I want you to get out. I want you to open the, the window. I want you to yeah. shout it in the roof. <laughs> and you see, uh, like, all throughout, there's, like, Manhattan, like, people, like, actually doing it. Like, opening their windows, screaming, I'm mad as hell. It's just, it, it's a great sequence. And, it, I mean, it speaks to media's influence. Yeah. And, I mean, this movie, it's, it's pitched as a satire, but... Is it really a satire? Right, right. Well, yeah, they once his ratings start to slip, and because he refuses to kind of change his message, he starts, he gets like his flip switched by Ned Beatty yeah. in a scene. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, it's, this is a, like it's a, cr- weird. This is a crazy yeah. scene. <laughs> it's like he, like, the, the main uh, investor guy or the, the owner of the studio is a, is devil. Well, there's like a Saudi Arabia. Uh, Saudi Arabia, they're going to buy there, there's a the deal. network. Right, yeah. yeah. There's a deal with Saudi Arabia and the network that Howard Beale was kind of ranting against in one of his messages. And so Ned, Bla- Ned Beatty just kind of the equivalent of like a brainwash. <laughs> he preaches to him the importance of like um, dehumanization. Yeah. <laughs> and so then that becomes Howard's theme. And then his ratings start to slip, of course. <laughs> no one wants to watch that. Yep. <laughs> yes. So because of that, because they can't fire him, 
they decide to kill him off and like time it for sweeps. <laughs> sort of, there's a scene where they're very cynically talking about how they're going to position. That's his that's where the that's where the satire comes in. Is, it, is, it comes in, yeah. You know, the network being so concerned about their ratings and their points, and you know, all of these things that they're willing to commit murder. I mean, Robert Duvall is pretty soulless in yeah. this as well. Yeah, it's it's really just the William Holden character and the Peter Finch character who have some sort of conscience. Yeah, and that's and I mean, they establish their kind of like their their friendly bond in the beginning, right? And like the opening scenes. Well, yeah, they're, well, they're friends. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you hadn't seen this before, and I mean, uh, like overall, what were your impressions? I liked it. I mean, like I said, it's a good story. Um, great actors. It was maybe acted a little over overly acted. Overly acted? Are yeah. you talking about like Peter Finch? Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay. I mean, you're saying he's he's going too too far over the top. There there's some scenes. Well, there's there's this yeah. weird element where like he'll, he'll he'll give a crazy speech and then he'll like collapse on the floor. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I don't and know. It's, I think at one point we see him at home, right? Where he's, I mean, it looks like he is possessed. Like, this isn't really an act. He really is possessed by something. Yeah. I think you're, you're meant to believe. So, yeah, he's, he's given it all he's got. I think, I think it's a remarkable performance. Uh, I, I don't think it's too much. I mean, I, I think it's good. It's, it's just, you know, for me, it's just maybe a little tad. Like, the acting. We're not used to seeing. Like, you know. We're not used to seeing big actorly scenes like this yeah. anymore it's yeah it's something it's yeah. it's i mean it's it's daniel day lewis almost uh i definitely would recommend this movie yeah i mean it's a, like a almost 45 year old movie yeah and it's what 90 minutes no it's two hours it's yeah it's a solid tight two hours but yeah, it's a tight two it's hours it's a tight two hours yeah there's a, there's a lot going on in here i mean yeah. there's stuff we haven't really touched on i mean there there are subplots where like Faye Dunaway, she she's hired like a terrorist group. She, she, oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's documenting a terrorist group. Yeah, this is just another one of her things. I guess that could have been like cut out because, like, what else? Well, I think that ties into the end. Oh, Those are the guys they, who end up killing Howard Beale. Yeah, they use the terrorist group too. But for a while, yeah, it's whoever. like what what the yeah. hell is this? What because really the the most interesting thrust of the film is Howard Beale and just his meltdown on camera. <laughs> But this movie, it does a good job pulling you in right away. As soon as he announces, I'm going to kill myself on yeah. camera. I mean, I, it just happens a couple minutes in. I know I'm hooked. Yeah. Like, it, it, it pulls you in. Right in. It yeah. pulls you in right away. You're not sitting there thinking like, okay, when is this movie going to, you know, get going? <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's, it starts fast. And it's, it keeps raising the stakes. And, I mean, the, you know, the satire gets more and more outlandish. But it's gripping. I mean, the, the writing really... You know, next to Peter Finch and his performance, the screenplay is yeah. the the star here. And I mean, this is a great dialogue. There's a scene with William Holden's wife where he comes clean about his affair. Yeah. The the wife is played by Beatrice Strait, and she only has one scene, right? I didn't think that scene was all that great. Oh I mean... man, I'm like I'm cheering up when she's going on about like how he's hurt her and betrayed her. It's powerful. She won an Oscar for that one scene. That one scene. Yeah, it's... It's kind of uh, like Les Miserables and sure. Hathaway in that one scene. No, this is, this is much better. Th- that scene is explosive, I, I think. The, I mean, the way she just... I guess I feel like I, I would have been like 
more pissed at the end of it. She is angry. She's angry at the beginning, but at the end, it's like she's heartbroken. Do you, do you love her? <laughs> Come she's back heart- to me. She's heartbroken. You know, I'm like, if that, if you ever did that, you, your ass is out the door. It's that. It's that. It's that. It's that mixture of anger, just I mean, rage and anger, and uh, heartbreak. Yeah. And I thought that just in that one scene, it encapsulates all those emotions just so well. So I mean, the, you know, it starts with the dialogue, but I mean, that scene is uh, a whammy. I thought, but you're yawning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I mean, I didn't. I, I thought that scene was underwhelming for me. Interesting. Okay. I was thinking, you know, why? How did she get an, an Oscar for this? Interesting. I just, I mean, I like that. It's the whole thing is just kind of. If anything, I thought Faye, Faye Dunaway should have gotten an Oscar for she her. She did. She did. Oh, she did for Faye Dunaway and Beatrice uh, Beatrice Strait. It's yeah. This was mostly like an actor's piece. Yeah. Three actors and then the screenplay. Yeah. So yeah, what um, what grade would you give this? A minus. Mm. I give it an A. Of course you would. You loved it. Uh, I mean, any movie that can like still hold up and yeah. still entertain, like it's definitely almost a, fifty years. A date later. movie, absolutely. I think it's definitely a movie that you need to watch at home. I think it's relevant to what's going on right now. I really feel like well, I mean, maybe back in the seventies, it it was it was more Vietnam. It, it was it more seemed, wartime. It, it, it may have seemed more outlandish that you would put like a kook on the airwaves, like a nut job on the airwaves. I mean, now, I mean... There's a whole bunch nut, of kooks on there. Like, I mean, we give we give nut jobs an entire network to but, run. But exactly. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem that outlandish anymore. But yeah, I mean, great movie overall. Yep, agreed. All right, let's, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Bullworth. All right, we're back, and we're going to talk about Bullworth. The IMDb plot summary reads, A suicidally disillusioned liberal politician puts a contract out on himself and takes the opportunity to be bluntly honest with his voters by affecting the rhythms and speech of hip-hop, music, and culture. (laughs) Uh, He's liberal? I thought he was conservative. I know. uh, I think... I just didn't think he was liberal. I thought he was... No, I think his thing is that he's a liberal, like from the 60s and 70s, but his current politics, he's kind of gone more conservative. Okay. Um, Yeah, I thought it was something like that. And more conservative in terms of, like, accepting donations from big corporations. Yeah, like, I don't know, like, a lot of conservative organizations. Yeah, well, yeah, and one of his campaign videos, like, he's, like, ranting against, like, the welfare system has gotten out of control. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not something you would hear from a Democrat. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's the thing. He's just, he's a, a Democrat who's who's lost his way. So, this movie, it's, it's directed and co-written by Warren Beatty. So, this is clearly a passion project. Yeah. And uh, this movie has a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it made about $26 million back in 1998, which isn't much. Yeah, I was about to say, like, that doesn't sound... This, I mean, is, a, this is a studio film. Yeah. This is not like a, like a scrappy little indie. This is, I mean, 20 Century Fox No, I mean, Fox Warren Beatty, you've got Halle Berry. I mean, you've got some heavy hitters in this movie. This is a Fox movie. So because Fox is owned by Disney now, this is technically now a Disney movie. That's how that's weird this yeah. movie's existence is. <laughs> I, I think the soundtrack was a bigger hit than the movie. Well, because there was a lot of hip-hop. Well, yeah. I mean, I, honestly, a, a great soundtrack. Uh, Wyclef John. 
So, yeah, I think the in terms of this movie's like lingering appeal, I feel like the soundtrack has outlasted the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you don't really hear a lot of people talking about this movie. But it did get a screenplay nomination for uh, Warren Beatty and Jeremy Pisker. Uh, but you, I mean, again, you, w- you wouldn't really call this like a beloved film. It's um, it's a weird movie. It is a weird movie. It's a, a I, I w- mean, weird movie. <laughs> you're you're talking. It's hard, hard to describe this movie. It shouldn't work. So it's. I, I just think it's not. I mean, it shouldn't have been nominated for Oscars. Like it, like. Well, screenplay. I, I mean, that I, was it. I don't care. Like there shouldn't have been any Oscar. I mean, this it to me is like, you know, Friday. You know, <laughs> this is not like. Okay. And now, in Friday, you don't have any of the characters ranting about, like, socialized medicine or uh, I mean, about I, I, being in the pocket of insurance companies. So this is not Friday. I understand that. But it's, wow. it's kind of like the, like the <laughs> comedy of Friday, you know, and just over-the-top stuff that goes on. It's, it's definitely over-the-top. There's, yeah, there's some broad wackiness to this i'll give you that maybe yeah. maybe that's that's what you're saying yeah there's some broad wackiness to this but it's this is i mean this movie has i would i would say a lot on its mind this movie i think there, this movie is coming from ultimately an angry place yeah from warren Beatty. like warren Beatty must have been in an angry place to and I, make I mean i think i think we're all in that angry place right now i mean <clears throat> politicians are you know this movie really is about you know politicians really ultimately not doing what's right by the people they're doing what's right by the corporations and the people that give money to the campaigns the hypocrisy of it politics really is, and yeah. the politicians that that's what this movie is is all about he he flips his nut and flips his switch and then then he starts getting more followers well, yeah, he's, he um, starts rapping. He's at the top of the film. He's so tired and unhappy with life. He takes out a ten million dollar life insurance policy. Yep. And hires a contract killer to assassinate him. Yep. That that happens like the opening moments. Like he's he's really in in bad bad straits here. He's lost his way. He, he's lost his message. He keeps repeating the same message over and over. Yeah, it's the like his his uh, campaign videos. Inside. Yeah, one hundred percent dead inside. So yeah, early on we meet we do meet an insurance lobbyist who's played by Paul Servino. And again, it's clear that Bullworth is heavily in the pocket of insurance companies. So after he puts out this contract, he's kind of ushered around to various campaign stops by Oliver Platt, who's great in this. Oliver Platt is hilarious in this. He's the campaign manager, right? Yeah. He, okay, he's the one who's yeah. like like shitting his pants yes. every time he, he talks. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's great. His reactions are great. But yeah, when they see that it starts kind of like working and catching on, yeah. they they lean into it. So yeah, he's kind of he he's ushered around with Oliver Platt, and you know with nothing left to lose, he just starts speaking his mind. He starts telling the truth, and at the beginning, uh, he, he's at a church of mostly African Americans, and they're asking like, why don't they have like basic health care coverage? And he just tells them straight out because you don't contribute to election campaigns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then later at a Hollywood fundraiser, he slams the movies that yeah. they make is like they're all garbage <laughs> and he kind of mocks he mocks like their jewish paranoia at one point uh, just between us senator do you think it's advisable to schedule campaign stops with industry leaders when you have such low opinion of their product my guys are not stupid they always put the big jews on my schedule you're, you're mostly jews here right but three out of four anyway excuse hey, me look uh, I'm sure Murphy put something bad about Farrakhan in here for you. 
Yeah, he does do that. <laughs> I'm surprised well, this movie got made. That's one of the best scenes, honestly. <laughs> it's, again, oh yeah, this is a major studio film. It came out in the summer, like up against Moose and Godzilla. Would, like, nobody would make this movie now. No, no. It's crazy that it got made then. Yeah, but nobody would make this movie now. Well, it's it's dealing with a lot of uncomfortable truths. Yeah, I think I guess that's why I like it so much because it is, like you said, it's wrapped up in this kind of broad, wacky comedy. But this isn't like bringing down the house or anything. No, this is not that. Oh my god, bringing <laughs> down is, the house. I mean, this is much more delicate and nuanced. I, I think what this movie's trying to do. But yeah, Halle Berry is in this, and um, she plays Gina, and she's a, a valet attendant. Well, yeah, she's. You, you find you out find out later that she is actually the assassin that they hired to assassinate. Is that a stretch? Warren Beatty. I mean, not necessarily. Why? Well, well I women mean, I guess, can be assassins too. I'll take my revolver. I guess the movie ultimately. Pop, pop, pop. The movie ultimately, I think, does make it somewhat plausible because it motivates why she needs the money. Yeah. It, does, it motivates that plausibly. Like, uh, her, her brother's in trouble, I believe. I mean, uh, well, Isaiah her, Washington. Her, brother, her brother's in trouble um, from in, the gang, from he's the neighborhood gang. to, like, yeah. Don Cheadle. Yeah. We got Don Cheadle in this. I mean, we got a pretty good cast. It's a pretty good supporting cast. Yeah. Sean, Sean Astin, fucking uh, Samwise. Samwise Gamshee. He's, he's saying literally nothing in this. He's just holding a camera. I know. He doesn't have yeah. any lines. <laughs> He, he is on, he's so, the whole, while all of this is going down and his breakdown is going down, they hired C-SPAN to be on the road with them to document everything. And yeah, he was a part of that. And you've got Wendell Pierce in in that C-SPAN truck and Laurie Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Laurie, Again, yeah. great, great cast of supporting players. Uh, Christine Baranski is in this. Yeah, at a certain stage, he just starts rapping his speeches, like you yeah. were saying. And at one event, he rails against insurance companies, and then he raps something like, only socialized medicine will save the day. Yeah. You, you can call a single payer a Canadian way. Only socialized medicine will ever save the day. Come on now. Let me hear that dirty word. Socialism! And Halle Berry and her friends, they're like backing him up with some beats. And <laughs> <laughs> the movie, you know, it, it, it just, it goes on from there. But you've, you've never seen this. You know, this isn't a movie you hear about. On a regular basis. I mean, it's amongst, not. Like, this is movies. this is one of your favorites. This is kind of a flop. Yeah. But um, yeah, I. I mean, it was good. I mean, I'm not gonna put it on my like list. I thought the Warren Beatty, um, Halle Berry, like romance the, was they, a little. They get a romance. Yeah. Not I, yeah, I guess like, it was it was off putting to me. I guess that's yeah. The whole Halle Berry character is just kind of a question mark. I don't know. Her character doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> it, it would have been okay if they didn't like fall in love at the end. Like it would have been a good enough movie if there was no romance. I don't know if they fall in love. I don't know if it's trying to sell us well, on love, they, but they, you know, they, you know, at the end, I mean, he hasn't like slept in like three days, and at the end, he finally does get to sleep, and she's, I mean, he's hiding out uh, at her house in yeah. like, South Central, in Compton, and, right, and. You know, when he's, like, just passed out for three days, she's kind of, like, watching over him. So there's, yeah, there's there's some kind of bond there that is maybe somewhat implausible. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. <laughs> uh, 
but somehow it works uh, and a lot of it has to do with just how ballsy and uh, audacious this movie is yeah. and this movie has some balls and th- there's nothing else like it and it's i you know i think just like that that broad comedy wrapped in some progressive uncomfortable ideas makes this you know, for me, it, it's something that's uh, it resonates. And I think, you know, there's a lot of unrest now. I mean, as we spoke about earlier, I don't know. I just I feel like people are pissed. People are angry. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything's shut down. The economy's in tatters. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a it's a health crisis. <laughs> what this movie speaks on, which is like, you know, the income gap disparity. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, we see that happening today. I mean, it's it's as true as it is today as it was 20 years ago, as it was 20 years before then. So, yeah, that, I mean, the movie dives headfirst into that, and uh, that still resonates. Yeah. Because it's, it's true. It's still true. What helps with this movie, it, it doesn't feel preachy. It's... No, it's definitely... It's coming out in and, an entertaining way. Yeah, it's definitely not, that's, that's not key. preachy. That's key. Yeah, we wouldn't be talking about it. If this was like a preachy film, we wouldn't be talking about it. No. But because it's so brash and it, it just entertaining, uh, it, it's rewatchable for me. And so ultimately, at the end, Warren Beatty gets shot. I mean, obviously, the... It looks like everything's great. Like, yeah. we're heading for a happy ending. Well, he figures out... So the guy he, you know, asked to take a hit out on him, you know, died in a heart attack. And before he could cancel it. And so Halle Berry finally comes through or whatever and saying, that was me. And so she's not going to do it. And then ultimately, the insurance company kills him with a ten million dollar insurance policy. Yeah, we see Bullworth go down, and then you know someone's like, you know, where did the shot come from? It came from over there, and they point to an area where Paul Servino was standing. Yeah. So yeah, the implications that you know Paul Servino is you know the insurance guy. I don't yeah. know what insurance company represents. They didn't really. He's just an insurance guy. Just an insurance guy. <laughs> but yeah, he, the implication is that Paul Sorvino assassinated Bullworth for telling the truth. And yep. yeah, this guy was just talking too much shit and he had to be silenced. Yep. Is, is what happened. Didn't want to change. Didn't want to have him change the way it was or the way it is. Yeah. Got to gotta cling to it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, can't go too progressive. Afterwards, uh, there's a mantra that keeps getting repeated there's this homeless man who like follows bullworth around and he keeps repeating this mantra you got to be a spirit you can't be no ghost do you remember this yeah at one point literally he comes right up to the camera yeah and he says it right to the camera i feel like that's that's kind of the essence of what inspired warren Beatty to embark on this crazy project Uh, i think he felt like he uh, you know, a part he can't of, just walk through life as a ghost. Like he's got to. I think that was a message. Change. Warren Beatty really wanted to communicate. Uh, I mean, just like, when, every time you think the movie's going to lean into a formula, it veers the other way. Yeah. And uh, that's another aspect I, I appreciate of it. And so, yeah, he, he's dead, but you know, he told the truth, and you know, he's he's living as a spirit, yeah, not as a ghost, yeah. And that's, yeah, this is an A for me. I love it. This is probably a B, a B for me. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, it Still was just... Still passing great. Yeah, it's a good, you know, good time. Is it a date movie, though? That's the question. <laughs> I mean, are you going to answer him? <laughs> <laughs> well, I showed it to you. So, I, I mean, I think there are aspects to it. 
that that do work for a date. I mean, there's a little romance in there, as implausible as it may be. The movie's thought-provoking. It, it gives you some laughs. So, yeah. And it's under two hours. So, yeah, this is a solid date movie, I think. Hmm. You're, yeah. you're going to disagree. I'm undecided. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird movie. About if this is going to be a good date movie, because if you... Maybe not a blind date. I mean, not if, a good you, blind if date. you're a girl or if you're a man or, or conservative, this probably <laughs> won't be a great movie. Not a, okay, not a great day for conservatives, <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think Warren Beatty made this for the for the GOP. Oh no, no. <laughs> like I, I'm undecided on if this is a good date movie or not. Right. It's the first time in history of our podcast that I'm undecided. I'll I'll clear it up for you. It is okay. Well, then I'll agree. And that's our show. You can find more episodes at Anchor.fm slash Movie Date Night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at DN Movie Podcast, and you can also email us at date night movie podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. Bye.